if you uh, see Miss Jackie, please be sure to pass along some encouragement to her because uh, I can't imagine how much patient, I mean, joy that took <laughs> to get all that together. Can we give her just a little bit of round of applause for putting that all together and her team? Hey, uh, a couple of things before, uh, before I get into things. Uh, at our night of worship that we had, our B-Town area night of worship, uh, after we all got together, we came back together and we said, uh, incredible event. We love that we got to experience a night of worship together with all the other churches. And all the other churches had a bunch of hoodies and hats and T-shirts with their church logo on it. Why doesn't our church have hoodies and hats and T-shirts with our logo on Why don't we have merch? Why do all the other churches have merch and we don't? Uh, so... The past couple of weeks, we've been announcing that we're selling merch. And so this is the last Sunday that you can buy South Union merch. So if you want to go and put that up there real quick. So we're selling uh, hoodies and hats and T-shirts. We're not making any money off of it. So it's not like a big fundraiser. We just, some people are like, hey, why don't we have it? Like, well, guess what? Now we do. Ta-da. So, uh, so the store for this closes tonight at midnight. So if you're looking for that last-minute hot Christmas item. It's out there, but if you can't find that, you can get them um, one of these items for for Christmas as well. So uh, we're pretty excited about it. I think it looked pretty sick. Mark Huddleston, our student pastor, did a fantastic job designing it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so if you want some uh, South Union merc or merch, you can get that uh, tonight before midnight because that's when the store closes. And if you fill out our digital connect card at some point today, uh, you're entered into a chance to win a free piece of merchandise uh, just because you filled a digital connect card. So, you know, bonus. So free stuff, right? Yay. Uh, and then uh, finally, we have our final family meeting uh, of the year coming up next Sunday after second service. Our family meetings are chances for people that are involved in the life of the church at South Union to come and hear uh, what the quarter has been like, what they can expect coming up over the next two or three months, uh, and this specific one has to deal with our annual budget and what the finances are going to look like for the next year. I know, hold back your applause uh, whenever you hear about that. Uh, so if you want to be a part of that, want to be in the know, want to hear about what's happening in the life of our church, uh, you can, if you're first service people, go get some breakfast and then come back for after second service uh, next week for a family meeting. So uh, merchandise and family meeting, those are all coming up here in the next seven days we want you to know about as well. So uh, we are in the middle of a series called Pixel Perfect Christmas, the desire to see Christmas for what it really is. And our children's ministry has done a fantastic job of talking about that this morning. Uh, in 2019, there was a woman who became famous for uh, a book and a Netflix series that she talked about organizing uh, and getting your life in order and the way that things should be, uh, the systems, how they should be in your house. Uh, and her name was Marie Kondo. Go ahead and put a picture up here. How many of you know who this woman is? Husbands, how many of you know who this woman is because your wife made you know who this, anybody? Okay, perfect. You survived. Congratulations. Uh, in 2020, whenever the pandemic happened, she became even more popular because everyone was suddenly stuck in their house with all of their stuff and needed something to do. And so she became even more popular during that time. 
as well. And so her whole thing is she taught people how to organize and declutter their life by getting rid of things. And the question that she gave all of the people to kind of define whether or not they should keep an item was this. Does it spark joy? Now, I've often told people this. My wife did not realize the fine print in our marriage contract was that when I got a disposable income, I was going to compensate for a childhood of poverty by buying all the toys that I missed out on as a child. So the answer for me, does it spark joy? Well, yes, of course. All of those things spark joy. So we get to keep all of them, right? No, that's not how it works. But her question that she asked was, does it spark joy? And when you hold the item in your hand, does it spark joy? And if it does, you should keep it. And if it does not, you should get rid of it. You should be done with it. And as we talked about joy this morning, and joy seems to be one of those uh, buzzwords that happens around Christmas time. Uh, it got me thinking about what does joy actually mean and what is joy. And so a quick internet search comes up with this whenever you define joy. It says a momentary feeling of great pleasure or happiness is what joy is. A momentary feeling of great pleasure or happiness. And I'll be honest with you, when I looked at the screen and when I read what, what it defined it as, I thought to myself, what a disappointing understanding of what joy really is. That people who would just randomly be searching on the internet that would find themselves in need of something in their life, like I'm trying to find joy in my life, and if they were just to hop online and tell me what joy is, they would find the answer of a momentary feeling of great pleasure or happiness. And what a disappointing understanding of what joy is. And perhaps, as our children's ministry is trying to communicate this morning, and perhaps maybe for a pixel-perfect Christmas to see things the way they really are, maybe a better, uh, fuller understanding of what joy is is perhaps needed for us to be able to have the kind of Christmas that we should have. That was reflective of the very first Christmas that we've been reading about and hearing about this morning. So if you would allow me to read from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there as well. Uh, Luke chapter 2, I'll be reading from the uh, Christian Standard Bible translation of this. You've already heard this this morning, so sorry for uh, parroting this back to you. But it says this, it says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look. I proclaim to you good news of great, what does yours say? Joy. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That there will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah? The Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people that he favors. And we find in this very first Christmas passage, this moment of angels showing up and this 
this moment where God decides to speak from the heavens through his herald, through his angels, the carriers of the good news, that joy is in fact included in the good news. In fact, it is a byproduct of the good news whenever people hear it. And this word that we read in our New Testament for joy, you can go and put this up here as well, uh, our, our word for joy that we use uh, in the original language for this was kara, which it's kind of different than what we have an understanding of joy to mean. Right? Like we have this understanding of joy to be this momentary thing that happens, but in its original language is this lasting feeling of peace, of happiness, and of contentment, and it is based on the person and the promise of God. It's based on the person and the promise of God, the feeling of contentment and peace and happiness, and those two are mixed together in with this word of karah, this joy. For I bring you good news that brings great joy. I bring you good news that will bring you lasting peace and happiness and contentment because the good news is connected to and tied to the person and the promise of God. This morning, I would just like to encourage you that to see Christmas in a pixel-perfect way, that we should be certain about a few things as we talk about joy and when it comes to joy. And the first one is this, that joy comes from the way you see, not what you see. Joy comes from the way that you see, not what you see. The number of times that I've sat around with people who were in circumstances that should never have merited peace or contentment or happiness would blow you away. But it was because they had joy that came from their faith in God. And that joy, that hurrah, came from the way that they saw things, not from what they saw. Not the situation that was in front of them, not the details of what was in front of them, but the way that they saw the things that were happening allowed them to have peace and contentment and happiness, or what we would call and hopefully call joy. You see, the best gifts that we get during Christmas time, they don't have to be the most expensive gifts, but they're most of the time the most meaningful or the ones that are most thought out gifts as well because the way that we are seen and known and experienced people are the most meaningful ways. And when we see things correctly, it overrides whatever it is that we might be seeing. The way that we see things is more important than what we see when it comes to joy. And then lastly, joy comes from a person, a specific person, not from a group of people. Because there's one relationship that will provide you with joy. That's Jesus. Now, I know, at the risk of sounding like Captain Obvious here this morning at church, Oh, shocker, the pastor got on stage and told us that there's only one relationship that matters, right? <laughs> Spoiler. But here's why, here's why I feel it's important to, to just bring this up for a few moments. Because we as people look for fulfillment, we look for completion, and we long for that, and we typically choose to find it 
than any other person that will give us those things, whether it's good or bad for us. I mean, can we let's maybe just be honest in church for a second. How many of you in the past five or ten years could be honest enough to say that you have looked for in a person completion or longing or something that you were missing and you look for it in the wrong place or in the wrong person? And I think we're all being honest. Most of us could raise our hand. We were trying to find something in another person that we so desperately needed, but we could never find it. We were looking for peace. We were looking for contentment. We were looking for happiness. And the Christmas story here of joy that comes from the good news is that the one relationship that provides you with all of those things is, in fact, Jesus and no one else. And the best part about Christmas is the good news. You don't have to go and find it. It's not a secret. It's not something that has a magic code to figure out. The one relationship that you need to find joy, the person that can do that for you, came from heaven down to earth and made himself available to all of us. You don't have to go looking for it. He went looking for you to make himself available. An incredibly powerful statement, which is why the angels brought good news that brings great joy for all of us. And it's available at all times, not just Christmas time. In every season of life, in every phase of life, joy, contentment, hope, peace, happiness that comes along with this relationship, joy is available. I remember... I remember sitting down with my mom the last uh, couple months of her being alive and uh, walking through her house and just seeing a stupid amount of, of medicine bottles just stacked all over her counters and, and in her bathroom and, and just all over the place and, and oxygen tanks and, and walkers. And I remember thinking there's no way that she should be this happy because I know the things that she's going through. That's because her joy wasn't based on what she could see. It was based on the way that she saw things. And it wasn't based on the people that was around. It was based on the person of Jesus. And in every circumstance and in every situation, her joy came from her faith in Christ. I've known many people, I've been blessed to know many people that in every situation and every circumstance... In all time and in all season, joy was available to them because of the person of Jesus and the way that they saw their faith and their life combined together. And in fact, if you read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says here, talking about Jesus, and the writer talking about how Jesus approached things, it says this, therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Huh. The way that we see things and the person that we should be looking at. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, 
the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that laid before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who with the joy set before him endured the cross. And this morning, like we do every Sunday morning together, we're going to take a few moments to respond to the good news that brings great joy by taking communion together, which is up here in these baskets at these tables. And we're going to respond to the good news that brings great joy by giving our tithes and offerings in the giving boxes that are up here and the, the black boxes that are on the wall back there. And we're going to respond to the good news that brings great joy by opening up the altar for you guys. If you're in a spot and you're in your life, you're like, I could just use some joy, some contentment, some peace for the situation that I'm in. Maybe this morning, contentment and peace is all you would actually really want for Christmas. And if that's the case, maybe the first stop before you take communion this morning should be up here to just spend some time in prayer asking God, could I have some of that peace and contentment that Jeremy was talking about? In whatever situation that it is. And then finally, we, we respond together as a church to the good news that brings great joy. And we all sing together songs of worship and praise. Because this little baby that we read about in this book needed way more than that. He was a king who served, who laid down his life. And it's for all those reasons, for so many, that we worship him this morning. So whatever it is that you might find yourself in, or how much ever joy you might need this morning, whatever you might be lacking in peace and contentment and hope and happiness, may you find it nowhere else but in the person of Jesus. May you fix your eyes on him, who is the author and the perfecter of your faith. Because his good news is the only one that brings great joy to each one of us, regardless of the season. Let's pray together. So God, we come before you this morning simply saying thank you. Thank you that on the season of getting and receiving and giving gifts, that we can anchor in our faith and our trust that you are the greatest gift that we could ever receive. So I'm praying for everyone in the room that might be putting their hope and their contentment and desire and peace and trying to find all of their longings in someone or something else that they might be able to fix their eyes on you so they could find them in the one who is truly worthy of all of our praises. So it's in the strong name of Jesus that I pray.